0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: So far, the cancer has brought one good thing. I have my sister back. Our fights are a thing of the past. The looks we exchange are different. The hostility is gone. Love has taken its place. It may be strange to say, lying in a hospital bed and all, but every time she walks in, I feel really happy. That was our weekly quote. And you're listening to AMI Audiobook Review on AMI-audio. I'm Ramiya Amuddin. And that quote, that preview uh, of this book, which is The Girl with Nine Wigs by Sophie Vandersap is really something. Um, I thought it was a really great thing to start with. Nisreen Abdelmajid is back. She's joining
2: us here on the show. Nisreen, how are you? I'm good. I've been missing the audiobook review show our start yes. to the season. So I've been uh it's nice to be back. It's nice. Thank you. It's nice to have you back. And you've been reading. Actually this Yes, is I've, kind I've of been cool. reading. <laughs> this is exciting. I've been reading till death do us part. And I, I mentioned this to you, and it turns out you're reading the same book. It's a coincidence. Yep.
1: Amanda Quick, okay, the the way that I found this book is a friend read it and read it as a pre-read for a book club. Uh, then she recommended it to me. It wasn't even really a recommendation. It was like, whoa, this book is something else. And I thought, oh, I love that." the sound of that. So I picked it up. And then you and I were talking and you said, yes, I'm reading a book and this is what it's called. Uh, so we had a jinx moment.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm still on chapter one, but so far it... It's a crazy story. I feel like it's an evil story. I mean, yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers. But um, I think I think you guys will like it so far. I'm liking it. I'm intrigued. And I hate to be one of those teenagers. But the title intrigued me. And that's why <laughs> I, I didn't even look at the synopsis. At first, I went straight to the title. I'm like, Okay, let's let's do it. Why not? And if it ends up being an amazing book, you know this method works for you. So, so yeah,
1: if you're if you're intrigued by our conversation, it's Death Do Us Part by uh, Amanda Quick. At this time, we'd love to start off the show with a look at the CELA homepage at a glance, we call it. So that's celalibrary.ca, C-E-L-A library.ca. The three books, the featured titles at the very top, it's the first heading for everybody, is where we want to start. Probably Ruby by Lisa Bird Wilson is the first book. This is an Indigenous Peoples uh, fiction novel. And as we just passed, the first... Ever, uh, day for truth and reconciliation. Um, Everything on the featured titles list is an Indigenous read, and we continue to encourage people to read, um, you know, Indigenous featured authors and stories and all kinds of things. The second one on the list is Unreconciled by Jesse Wente, and this is an Indigenous people's biography. And the last one on the featured titles is In My Own Moccasins by Helen Knott. And this is an Indigenous person's um, biography as well. Uh, Really cool. We'll get into one of those novels in a second, but I want to give you some announcements from the SELA homepage. From the SELA blog, this one is, SELA, very excitedly, has surpassed 1 million titles. And this is from September 21st, 2021. This blog post is by Karen McKay. And um want to give you a little bit of a preview. is celebrating passing the one million book milestone in a world where many people with print disabilities have so little access or choice in reading materials. A million books represents a wealth of choice. This incredible milestone would not have been possible, they say, without the uh, support of the member libraries, partners in accessibility, funders, our production partners, the publishers and authors who support the work of SELA, the award programs that they work with who help supply and promote accessible books, and of course, the users like you and I. So we're recognizing two of the authors on this blog post, which moved Sila passed that 1 million mark. So, congratulations to George Elliott Clark, who wrote Where Beauty Survived, an Africadian memoir, and Paul Serge Forrest, who wrote Tau De Ori. So, congratulations to the authors and congratulations to Sila altogether. Nasreen, you have what's trending and some new releases that we want to talk about right now.
2: Yes. So in honor of hashtag banned books week, yes, this week is banned books week. We're celebrating the freedom of, uh, to read by highlighting some of the most commonly banned and challenged books and, uh, audio tweeted this out. How many of these have you read or listed to? So as I list them down, I want, I want you to think of that question. Number one, Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by uh, Abram X. Kendi, Jason Reynolds. Number two, Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian 10th Anniversary Edition by Sherman Alexie. Number three, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Four, Speak, 20th Anniversary Edition. And number five, To Kill a Mockingbird. That's a known one by Harper Lee. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. I remember reading that in high school. Good times, I say. (laughs) Uh, Number six, George by Alex Gino. Seven, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Eight, All-American Boys by Brendan Keeley. Nine, The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stefan Kowalski. And ten, The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. There's Mm. so many more books, but I thought, you know, top ten is good enough. Uh, So these are, these are pretty good ones. They, they sound good to me. Like I said, I go for the title sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And some of the titles are known. So that's
1: really cool too. Yeah,
2: it it helps. So we're going to go to the hottest new releases that also audiobooks.com posted on Twitter. I'm going to give you just the top few. Uh, One is The Wish by Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas Sparks, you know, everybody knows it would be good. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would be good uh two the man who died twice a thursday murder club by richard Osman. number three cloud Cuckoo land by uh, anthony doer for the magician by coim tobin fifth the last graduate by naomi Novik. six no one goes alone by eric larson so also these sound pretty good to me and i hope you guys go check it out audiobooks.com these are list. there's so many more books to read so many more top hottest new releases this week so make sure you check that out yeah and anyone
1: who's looking for some new content by some of the authors that were mentioned here there you go Nasreen got you covered This is AMI-audio book review on AMI-audio. Thanks for joining us on Saturday. Oh Man, I want to say August, September, all of it. It's Saturday, October 2nd, and it's uh, probably this nice fall weather we've been getting here in Toronto. Nasreen Abdel-Majid is also with me on today's show. Nizreen, I want to highlight and shout out a book that we talked about in the first segment of the show. So here's more about Probably Ruby by Lisa Burt Wilson, and this is an Indigenous Peoples fiction novel, as I pointed out. So I'm going to read you a, a bit of a synopsis, maybe a review, whatever you want to call it, from CBC Books, and this is uh, what we hear. Relinquished as an infant, Ruby is placed in a foster home and finally adopted by Alice and Mel a less-than-desirable couple who can't afford to complain too loudly about Ruby's Indigenous roots. And so begins Ruby's lifelong identity crisis, which she describes as having amnesia about something that never happened. Her new parents' marriage falls apart, and Ruby finds herself vulnerable and in in compromising situations that lead her to search in the unlikeliest of places for her Indigenous identity – Unabashedly self-destructing on alcohol, drugs, and bad relationships, Ruby grapples with the meaning of the legacy left to her. Lisa Burt Wilson is a Saskatchewan Métis and Mehi writer. She's also the author of the poetry collection, The Red Files. So this is a great Indigenous read for us, and um, I've read a handful of Indigenous writings this year. Uh, a lot on the book club, actually. And speaking of book clubs, our next guest is someone who I know from the Amir Khan Evening Book Club, which coincides with the Kelly and Company Book Club. And we're all a big family all together. So <laughs> this is a time where we like to. Open up the space to review, discuss, recommend, browse, conceptualize, reminisce on audiobooks. It's a big list of things we like to talk about. And our guest for this conversation today is Caroline Bordeaux, member of Amer Khan's Evening Book Club and much, much more. Caroline, welcome to AMI Audiobook Review. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. And I know I could kind of introduce you here as just a book club member along with myself, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself,
0: Okay, I am, I've i been living in Toronto since 2013. Um, previously to that, I lived in Kingston and went to Queen's. And um, through my time at Queen's University, I didn't have the privilege of being able to have the time to read as much as I wanted. So since leaving school, since graduating, I have done nothing but binge on books aside wow. from working and stuff. Um because I was just desperate to read something light and interesting.
1: That is awesome. I love the word binge because I'm also a book binger. Uh, when you're really into something, it's cool. So you're now an avid audiobook listener. hmm Yeah. Okay, great. So... I talked about the book club a a tiny bit um, and we've been at it for like almost a year now with the uh, evening book club with Amir Khan, who's also appeared here on the show. What do you love about those, that part of reading? So connecting with other people and having the discussions about books, not just reading the actual books.
0: For me, reading the book is one thing, but actually making it come to life by talking to other people about it and hearing different things about the book and what people thought, and bringing um, concepts and things that you didn't think of when you were reading, I think is one of my favorite aspects of it. The other, of course, is connecting with other people and enjoying the the people in the book club.
1: Yeah, totally. Now, of course, being part of a book club means sometimes you get uh, books recommended or thrown into the mix that wouldn't be the first choice for you as a, as an audiobook listener. So do you enjoy
0: that part of it, like new exposure? Yeah, actually, um, for the most part, I do. Um, for example, the selection, the book we had last month, Yep. Uh, I would never have picked that book up. But, you know, I read the whole series afterwards. Wow. Okay, yeah, I,
1: I totally stopped at book three. Not because I didn't love it, but uh, the whole series, good for you.
0: Yeah, it was. I just couldn't stop. I just kept on going.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, how about other books? See, there was a few books that I was like, I would have never picked this up. Uh, one of them was um, Ender's Game. Was Definitely. another book that we read.
0: I would never have gone to a science fiction slash fantasy book. And yeah, that was really cool too. So. Yeah.
1: Do you get a lot of de- recommendations from people o- outside the book club, like just in your personal reading life? Do you go for recommendations from people?
0: All the time.
1: Would you say that's your like main way of uh, finding books, or do you like um, other ways of doing that, just going doing your own research?
0: I do a lot of research. Um, I also just talk to people, and if anyone's reading something interesting, they generally will send me a text and say, hey, I just read something and, you know, you would enjoy it. So and I would go check it out. Most of the time, the recommendations are pretty good. Mm. You know, I only get a book, you start reading it and you're like, no, not for me, not going. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and sometimes books you don't think are going to be your thing. You start reading it, and you're like, oh, I don't know about this one. And then you just keep on going.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So, how far would you get into a book? Like, have you finished books that you're like, "Oh God, I don't know about this one," but <laughs> made it to the end, or does that usually mean I'm gonna have to put this one down?
0: It depends on my mood. Most of the part, most of the time, I do finish them. Uh, I go through them because, in in some ways, I'm very persistent. Um, but there have been times where I've started a book and I, I'm trying to think of what book that would have been where I was just not getting into it. And I just put it down and said, I'm not touching that um, or I can't read it right now. You know, I'll have to go back some other time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, so, Caroline, what's the one thing about a book that actually draws you in? You know, it, it seems that you kind of know your taste. You're not like yeah, I'll try anything and everything. You might be more particular than that. But what's the one thing that draws you in before anything else?
0: I'm going to say the characters and how they're portrayed, or basically how the story is told. It could be about anything. um, But how engaging is it to listen to it? Because with an audiobook, there's a whole other dimension. It's not just you in your head. It's Another voice reading the book to you, right? Something like the Midnight Library was read by an incredible reader. And I really enjoyed that book. And now, you know, there's another one that I was not sure I was going to get into that book. Mm. And I went through it and I really enjoyed it. So,
1: yeah. That's Really good point because we talked about narrators a bunch of times and it, of course, always comes up with audiobooks. books. Uh, narration is a huge, you know, make or break, right? And now we can kind of manipulate our experiences to an extent. Speed up the book, slow down the book, um, skip through, come back, or, you know, you didn't like the, the version on Audible. Okay, maybe try something else or the synthetic audio altogether. So do you feel right. like you can get through books and, that maybe at one point would have been like, "Oh I'm not going through gone with the wind
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, I know um, I actually one of I'm one of those people that isn't' kind of strange. I do enjoy the synthetic uh, voices Good, I, yeah, a few of them they ask Capula and uh, even a couple of the iOS voices are pretty good um, but I, of course, my preference is a human narrative.
1: Yes, yeah. With the synth audios, I think it's it might be a learning curve, or it might be something that you don't even want to touch because audiobooks just sit in a different uh, compartment for you than you know just reading an article with synth voice, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, we'd love some recommendations, and there's one book that you mentioned uh, during our correspondence that I want to get into. You said you binged it in a weekend, and it's called "The Girl with Nine Wigs" by Sophie Vanderstap. So. Tell us what got you into this book or how'd you find it?
0: It was recommended to me by a friend actually in Australia. So my my book discussions are not limited to Toronto. (laughs) They're all over the world. And she, she said how she enjoyed this book. And I picked it up and it was odd like I I didn't know exactly what it was about but it just so happened to be a weekend when we went to a funeral of a friend who lost her life to breast cancer Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: it was just very odd that it was that book that I picked up on the same weekend that we traveled to this event and the story itself sounds kind of ordinary you know university student just starting her life boom, gets diagnosed with cancer, life is upside down. But what I liked about this book is that it's in her true voice. Like, you can almost feel her writing it. And she doesn't just talk about the horrible stuff. She talks about the humor in the horrible stuff. So you find yourself laughing more times than not. And the nine wigs are basically nine personalities that she takes on to deal with situations at different times.
1: Wow. Okay, there's so many layers from there. I don't even know where to begin. But first of all, I read or listened to the sample off of Audible, and I think that the humor comes out even in that tiny, what is it, yeah. 45 seconds or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it is just it, written in such a way where you think when you read a synopsis like this where you know the the diagnosis and the experience is coming on, uh, you think, okay. I, I got to brace myself for this very serious and deep read. And then I listened to the sample and I was like, oh, this is kind of funny.
0: <laughs> it was so funny. And even some of the stuff that, you know, no one wants to hear about the process of getting chemo or, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, her horrible experience in the hospital where, you know, she can't find a bed pen or something and uh, she doesn't want to ask, uh, because the doctor might be cute, you know, that kind of thing. Like,
1: yeah. It was so real. Absolutely. I mean, it and it does come across as meant to be light, right? Not just putting in humor to, and uh, no, maybe light is the, the wrong word, but not just putting in humor to make that situation better, as we all know, you, you know, defense mechanism uh, yeah. of using humor and as that type of tactic. But It's really just meant to be a funny novel.
0: Uh Yeah, I know. I was kind of surprised by that take on it as well. Like, you don't think of cancer as being a funny thing, Mm -mm. but she's obviously made the best
2: of it for herself. And I see that she's got more books coming out. She's got one novel out. I love when they twist that around even for a movie when it's supposed to be something about something serious uh for example like a cancer treatment or or something like that but they twist it into a funny movie and it's it's a distraction for many I mean yeah there's a it's it's sad and it's heartbreaking and it's hard to hear uh usually but it comes off as a funny thing where it's a coping mechanism for many people. For example, Mm -hmm. like when I'm in pain or I think of something sad, I tend to laugh and I think that's my coping mechanism. And I think that's such a nice way to look at it for movies and books. It's a nice twist to it. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I was also going to say for people going through the experience, like Caroline, when you read the book, you weren't going through – the experience yes. of a diagnosis, but it was still timely for you because of what had happened that weekend. And I think that this, some people can come come at it from that point of view also. Uh, have you read anything else by this author?
0: No, but I, I just found out today, I was looking it up just to make sure that I remembered the book correctly and saw that she has another novel, uh, something like This Could Be Love. Um, mm. She has another one, that she's working on. Um, And uh, interestingly, she's now living in France.
1: Oh, okay. That's great. So this is one recommendation from you. Anything else that you want to mention or what you're reading right now, if you're enjoying it or not?
0: Uh, Right now, I... Oh, yes, I started Empire of Pain the other day, and it's about um, the OxyContin... I guess, controversy and uh, and not like a huge drug issue, um, of course, very relevant, but the history of the families that started creating this. And uh, I was thinking today that I am now really, really, really more hesitant to read anything about a medical journal because I didn't realize that medical journals did buy advertising agencies.
1: Oh, well that's good to know.
0: <laughs> it was very disturbing. I have to...
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean exactly the the uh, <laughs> the realizations behind certain things and it's interesting cuz that's probably not even what made you want to pick up a book like this in the first place, right? The no. curiosity of that aspect.
0: No. But it was just something that stood out and you know, I I didn't like I didn't buy into journals being all of that, but when it's something that's peer reviewed you would think, Okay, you know, this has some credibility and some of them do. But I think that a lot of the stuff started out as basically nothing but advertising
1: or for sure. Yeah. Caroline, we're going to wrap up in a second, but I want to ask you a final question um that I haven't gotten to ask anybody else who's come on the show yet. Is there anyone in your life that you are converting, for lack of better words, into being an audiobook listener? And this doesn't have to be someone from the community necessarily, but you know, just the the thought of anyone in your life that you're like, "Get
0: into audiobooks. You'd love it." Yeah, actually, um My husband was very, very visual, and he would only read books that he could see, Um, and a couple of years ago, I introduced him to the idea of audiobooks, and now he doesn't read anything visually anymore, and he constantly has headphones plugged in, and he's always (laughs) listening. That is
1: awesome. That is amazing. See, that's what I love to hear. Uh, I'm still trying to get my brothers on board. So that's my work and project. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm sure we'll have you on again to talk some more books. I would love that. Caroline Bordeaux, a friend of mine and a member of Amerikan's book club, which we'll be hearing from a lot of the members in Amerikan's book club As well as Kelly and Company's book club. Nasreen Abdelmajid and myself, Ramya Amuddin, we are the hosts of AMI Audiobook Review, and we'll be back next week. Happy audiobook listening.